You've turned on Sexy Marriage Radio, where the best sex is happening in the marriage bed. Here are your hosts, Dr. Corey Allen and Shannon Etheridge. Hey, Corey. Yeah. Can I tell you a cute story? I am always up for a cute story. (laughs) My son will love that I'm telling this. He, He actually, he's my child who loves it when I tell the cute things that he used to say. When he was about four years old, I took he and his older sister to Caldwell Zoo here in Tyler, Texas, and um, they have this section called the Petting Zoo, and I take them over, and the first pen is the Longhorn Cattle Pen, and, and there's actually a, a, a cow that's just given birth to a calf, and the calf is nursing at its mom, and uh, Matthew just all of a sudden real loud said, Mama, did you do that to me when you was a cow? <laughs> I told him, I said, Matthew, I felt like a cow. <laughs> and as we continued to go through the zoo that day, it was so bizarre how, I don't know if it was mating season or what, but the camels were humping, the giraffes <laughs> were necking, the gazelles were horny, like everybody everywhere. was full swing everywhere. Love and was in the air. Yes, love was definitely in the air at the zoo that day. <laughs> and um, I was thinking about how how cool it is that animals are just so free to do that sort of thing. Like even when they have an audience, they could give a hoot or care less. They're going to do what they were designed to do <laughs> regardless of who's watching. Um, and of course we don't want to be that free in, um, in our marriage. We, we don't want to be having sex regardless of who's watching, but wouldn't it be great if we could freely celebrate how God wired us as sexual beings almost as freely as animals do. Yeah. If we just close the bedroom door and, and just indulge in the privacy of our own bedroom without hesitation, without guilt, without hangups, that would just be so great, wouldn't it? <laughs> that, that would revolutionize things, wouldn't it? It would change <laughs> things dramatically if we can get out of our own way. Yeah. Man. So I was hoping that we could talk today about the human brain. And we're certainly on a plane much higher than the animals, but how the human brain is designed to gravitate to four things, four pleasure centers over and over. And that's eating, drinking, sleeping, and sexing. All right. I like (laughs) that. However you want to put it. Um, Yeah. We have to accept the fact that this is so how we are wired. We couldn't turn the switch and, and just, you know, completely shut off that part of our being, even if we tried. And some people do. Right. And it's sad. It's unfortunate. But it's not going to be effective for the long term unless you're just going to really live a sexually dead life. Right. And I wouldn't wish that on my worst enemy. How about you? No. And the thing about what is it that turns some of those things off in our brain? And a lot of it's going to be associated with trauma or some sort of a bad experience. Whether, mm-hmm. whether it wasn't, you know, the, you were the victim of a trauma. It's just something happened that you associate now with trauma. Mm-hmm. And so obviously our brains, you know, fortunately and unfortunately are exceptionally smart in learning and adapting. And so sometimes when we get something that was negative, it's it's easy to just, oh, well, that's what's always the case that way now. So right. I don't ever want to go back there. I don't want to ever associate that again. And so you have to take a little time and, and rewire things and reframe it and anchor something new in there. That's a great way to put it. Our brain makes associations and sometimes they were poor associations. Exactly. They were bad associations and we have to create new associations. Right. And the thing I always come back to when we're talking about brain stuff is that we have these things that we just are automatic triggers or automatic responses to things. 
and largely when those things were first born out in our life, they made complete sense at the time. You know, the reaction we have to something back when it happened the very first time made complete sense. It was probably a brilliant deduction by our brain. Or defense strategy, <laughs> right, or survival to, mechanism. Right, to deal with stuff. I mean, you've talked about it in your, in your pleasure stuff and the ability of the brain to bring about fantasy. Mm-hmm. And, and that can be a huge anesthetic for pain. Right. That the I can just, dis- yeah, I can just disconnect. Yeah, I can disconnect from stuff that's going on in the present by fantasizing about something in the, you know, out there. And, but when it comes to our sex life and our specifically mentally our sex life, it can, it, it's really difficult sometimes we can, we associate some things with pain and we have to realize, wait, when that happened, that was a logical response and that was good probably, but maybe it's not as good today. Right. And, and what immediately comes to mind is, for example, you know, for a woman who's been sexually abused at eight years old or 12 years old or however, and there was a certain sexual act forced on her right. by someone that she, you know, I mean, it was just totally the wrong context for that activity. Right. She will naturally take that that fear and that anxiety and that distaste and that frustration and confusion and bewilderment and all that, all that, that emotional baggage, she will take that into her marriage relationship and project that onto the sex partner where all of that should be pleasurable and acceptable and celebratory and bonding. And so, yeah, creating a new association in her mind that I'm safe in this relationship. This marriage bed is the place where that was supposed to take place. And from the beginning, so just because I had a false start with an incredibly abusive experience early on in my childhood, that doesn't mean that I have to let it negate the pleasure of what I could be experiencing now with my spouse. Right. It, it, it's one thing that your abuser robbed you of dignity and safety and all of that back then, but how many more days of your life are you going to let that abuser rob you of the very same thing? You have to draw a line in the sand and say, okay, it's time to rewire my brain right. and associate this with pleasure and yeah. comfort and, and security. And I wish it was that easy to do. Oh, yeah. <laughs> to do. It could take years. Yeah, it, and usually it takes some people walking alongside you or a person, a professional of some sort that can help. Okay, what does this mean? Let's dig deeper. Let's make correlations. You know, it's, it's that idea of, of seeking out help along yes, the Yes, it's lines. not a quick fix. Right. But, but, it's, but the first step is recognizing that I need to make the new association right? and then connect with someone who can walk you through that step-by-step. Right. And the journey is so worth it. (laughs) I mean, it is so getting through it on the other end is so worth it. Totally. Because it, you then all of a sudden you open up the possibilities of freedom in your life and healing in your life and in all your relationships, because think about all the different baggage and the things that we have that influences every aspect of our life. You know, we're not immune to it. it we, we can't live compartmentalized lives. Yeah, yeah. That I can't act like something happened in one area won't affect other areas. Not going to happen. That's why the same concept is why when I have couples that I've worked with where there, there has been an affair and the, the betrayed spouse is going, how do I know it's not going to happen again? Or the, the person is suspecting something's going on. And their their spouse is constantly lying about it or covering things up. And I tell people all the time, and I'll tell them this right now too. 
If there's something there, it's going to come out because we are too stupid as people to keep things hidden. <laughs> well, that's probably a good thing. It is. It's a perfectly good thing. Because you're only as thing. thick as your secrets. Yep. And, and sometimes it really needs to come out. Like, um, I can't remember if I've really unpacked much of my sexual abuse experience on any prior show. Um, but I just recall for the first seven years of my marriage, I didn't want my husband to know that I had been sexually abused by some uncles right. when I was like 11 or 12. And finally, when my counselor encouraged me that you have to bring Greg into your healing process, you have to let him know. And I was just so afraid of being seen as damaged goods. Right. But as I shared with him, uh, you know, what I had kept secret all those years, it was just such a freedom. Right. And his response was so healing. And and he just asked enough questions to really uh, know that my feelings were being validated. And one of the things I remember sharing with him is that I remember one uncle in particular who would kiss me really hard and his mustache would bear into my lip. And yeah, at 12 years old, it's this pretty tender. And yeah. And he asked me, he said, is that why you haven't kissed me nearly as much since I grew a mustache? Huh. I had never made the connection yeah. between the two, but in sharing your journey yeah. with your spouse, you'd be amazed at yeah. the insights that they'll have that you can't have because right. you are just too close to the trees to recognize the forest. And the other side of that too, is you sharing stuff like that, Shannon, I got to think in Greg's eyes made you even more strong. Yeah, that wasn't, it wasn't my goal, no. but that certainly was the outcome. Right, and and that, that we don't have that as a goal of, hey, if I could show this, I can demonstrate, blah, blah. It's right. just, no, no, no. It's all of a sudden I'm demonstrating I'm more capable of living my life with those around me. Yeah, it was definitely a moment of weakness and vulnerability. Right. Uh, but it it did result in a strength that I, I wouldn't exchange for anything else in the world. Yeah. And just to recognize that I'm an adult woman now, and I have control over who wakes me up in the middle of the night and who makes me kiss him and all that yeah. kind of stuff. I control that. That gives me power to unleash my sexual prowess in the right context right. with my husband without fear that, you know, that this is inappropriate or this is going to make me feel slimy tomorrow or whatever. So the sex life in a marriage can actually be a source of great healing from sexual abuse. Sure. For you to shut down sexually in your marriage is not the path of healing. No. No, because that's anytime you try to avoid something, it ends up dominating you. <laughs> Whatever you're True. trying to avoid, I mean that. True. That's that's the idea of if I have some sort of emotion and I just try to bury it, it's coming out somehow. Yeah. You know, there's no way around that. Yeah, the fiction novel that we are finalizing this month that'll release in July, I believe, it's called Veil of Secrets, but it's it's a story about a woman who assumed that she could keep her sexual past during her teenage years, you know, just keep it secret, keep it to herself and that it wouldn't impact her marriage. But as you can see the story unfold, it has so impacted her marriage in so many negative right. ways and driven her husband to some pretty dark and dangerous places. And I'm really hoping that it will awaken you know, women, especially to the fact that you have to unpack your sexual and emotional baggage at some point in your life. At some point your emotional bills come due. Yeah. And if you don't pay them, you will accumulate a lot of interest and not in a good way. Yeah. And that's, yeah. that's the same kind of concepts I teach in Blow Up My Marriage, that when, when we can understand the path we've – on how our relationship has been co-created and there's a purpose behind why we co-created what we co-created because it makes sense. Even though we wouldn't you – know, if you look at it, the times in your marriage – I know I'll, I'll personalize this, but I'm assuming I, you can 
see this in your own life and journey as well, Shannon, that the times in my marriage that have been really rough, I would not in my wildest dreams sit there and think, oh, I made this because I needed it for some reason. You know, <laughs> this, uh, this, just pa- this pain and grief, I-, I brought it on myself, you know, because it's serving a purpose. But in reality, there's things going on that we contribute to. And the more I can recognize those patterns and, and unpack those things that you're talking about, the more I can then start to harness that and create something better. Yes. The same energy that is created when there's tension and strife and, and pent up, um, you know, aggression and all that kind of stuff, that same energy can be turned to the positive right. to improve your marriage and to improve yourself right. and, and to so bring healing. If we're talking about the mental aspect of our sex life and how just what the, the, the title of this show would be um, accessing the most potent sexual organ you have, <laughs> which is, which is the brain. Yep. <laughs> because it can, it can derail things so quickly. It can, or it can never <laughs> let them get started in the first place. Right. But it can it also went... take things so much faster. Oh yeah. When, when the husband looks at the wife and says, so do you want to have sex? And she hasn't even warmed up. She hasn't even entertained the thought yet right. until he lobbed that ball her direction. She, what, what I find frustrating is that so many women will kind of check in with their groin and ask the question, do I want sex? And the response <laughs> is no, yeah. because the groin is only going to respond to whatever blood flow the brain sends there. Right. And so she has to get warmed up mentally before right. she can ever be warmed up physically. And so, um, like for example, we went to a, a movie recently, um, American Hustle. I found that it, it was uh, quite a great movie, in my opinion, but it had some had quite a bit of raciness to it. But I noticed that by the time we both got home, we were so ready to just dive in and totally enjoy each other. It, and I made a mental note that that was probably a healthy thing for us to do just to take time out and go enjoy a movie together. But the fact that it was a little arousing, I don't see that as a bad thing. But there are a lot of people out there who would just be so flustered by the fact that it was racy at all. And they would feel like, Oh, maybe I should just leave the theater. I would encourage you that unless it just really flies in the face of, of some sort of spiritual value that you have, relax and just enjoy the ride and let your brain warm up so that your body is ready to engage come that time. Yeah. Cause it's such, the brain is such an amazing organ and how it can go. So it can go places if we would just be willing to let it sometimes. Yes. And, and it is, it's interesting because the, the body goes where the brain tells it to. And that's a good way of putting it. And a caveat to that is the brain can go where the brain tells it to. <laughs> you know, that, you can't like necessarily force your your brain to go places, but you can encourage it through some willpower in the sense mm-hmm. of discipline. Yeah, just okay. I'm gonna. This is some of the stuff I'm gonna focus on. And if you add that to a marriage context, you know, as you were talking, the thing that popped into my mind is when foreplay actually begins. Yeah. Because in my marriage, I heard this phrase a couple of years ago, but foreplay begins when the orgasm ended. <laughs> to unpack that (laughs) well it's just that it it, foreplay begins at the end when 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 orgasm ended so whenever the last time we had sex was foreplay just started over ah okay you're saying it's cyclical yeah that it's now it's okay if this is something i want to have as part of my life 
and this is something Pam wants to have as part of her life, there has to be some work usually, some intentionality. Some mental, yeah, discipline yeah. to it. And, and actually that was one of my New Year's, I don't do resolutions in the sense of I'm going to do this or I'm going to lose that. or I have like just a couple of things I focus on. And one of them, and I told Pam this straight out, was I'm going to continue to be much more intentional with you. And that doesn't mean intentional for sex. That just means intentional for our relationship. But sex is a big part of that, <laughs> big part of that intentionality. <laughs> but it, it means that, okay, so whenever last time we had sex was, now I'm continuing the whole process of I'm going to keep pursuing. I'm going to keep trying to be engaging with her. I'm going to keep trying to draw her in and stay connected. And it's not sexual at all. It's just connection. And then that means it'll lead to sexual components a whole lot easier. Right. It, the chasm won't feel so deep and wide to cross well, to get there. And it also, you, you avoid you that. you built a bridge. Right. You avoid that idea of anytime I pay attention to you, that means I want sex. Exactly. Because and that of, is a big turnoff to women. Right. And lots of if women. They feel as if the only time their husbands kiss or touch right. them is because they're interested in ejaculation, it, they, they can pretty much bet that it's not going to happen right. that way. And so a way around that is to constantly pursue, but not just for sex. Just constantly pursue. Flirt. Yeah. Be a part of her life. Constantly mm -hmm. instigate things with her. Yeah. Converse. Yeah. That. And well, that, and that draws in the, that to me, that draws in the brain. That means my, because as a guy, and I know this isn't stereotypically true with every guy, but sex is a big part of my brain <laughs> day <laughs> in and day out. So if I draw that towards her and, and focus on her with that and, and, and playful and having fun and just living life as me, that's, that's a huge part of intentionality, of, of keeping the brain engaged in, in the life I want. And, and that's a gift. That's a gift to your spouse yep. for you to, to be that intentional. Because we all want attention and affection to be acknowledged and affirmed and pursued, wooed and pursued, right. as I like to say. I also want to mention that foreplay does not have to wait until your spouse gets home. Yep. Um, or, or until you guys are together. Because yep. I think for women, it pro the on-ramp to sex probably is a lot longer than the on-ramp <laughs> for men. It just, it is what it is. Yep. And for a woman to wake up that morning and go, okay, well, instead of just hopping in and hopping out of the shower and just going about my day, I need to think about the fact that we haven't had sex in a couple of days and we probably would enjoy that tonight. So why don't I take a minute to go ahead and just shave my legs and freshen up and do what I need to do, you know, whether the female version of manscaping or whatever, do what you need to do so that when that opportunity arises, you're not sitting there in your mind going, well, I don't want him to see my legs because I look like a porcupine and, right. and I'm probably not as fresh as I should be and blah, 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 blah. No, foreplay begins first thing in the morning when you begin ironing out your day and doing the things that you're going to need to do to have the energy to invest come that time, right. uh, whether that's getting the kids started on their homework earlier, whether that's simplifying dinner and using paper plates so that a half hour isn't spent <laughs> doing a bunch of dishes. I mean, do what you have to do. That's foreplay so that you can fall in bed and just rest and relax and do what your body is designed to do. And that's experience euphoric pleasure and orgasm and bond and connect with your spouse. Right. And I mean, Aren't we largely just talking about making your sexuality more intentional? Yes. I mean, making your sex life more intentional. That yeah. It's just seeing that, that that's an aspect of my life. 
that's probably an aspect of what drew you to Sexy Marriage Radio, to becoming a listener. So let's expand that. Let's let's focus more on it, that you can switch things to where the triggers become, you know, you're listening to this show, so it's a pretty easy one to, well, okay, how does this play out in my sex life? Well, you're, you're making your sex life intentional right there. Mm-hmm. But you could also then, all right, every time I'm in the shower, maybe I could start to thinking more of, okay, what's, what would I like? What, what's been missing? What's in, and, it, and you think of it in the sexual framework. Yep. Or every what time. What would scratch my itch? What yeah. would float my boat? What every would time, light my fire? Every time you get mad in traffic, odd enough, you could change that <laughs> to be a turn on. <laughs> you know, you could, it's, it's amazing how the brain, you can use those things because that's the beauty of our emotions and our thoughts is they can be channeled. We're not victims to them. True. You know what we are a victim to so often and we choose, I mean, we're not really a victim. We just, we let this be such a huge distraction is that in the evening hours when we're supposed to be talking and connecting and doing the foreplay thing and all that jazz. So often we let TV distract our yep. brains and then, you know, come 10 30, 11 o'clock, whatever time, then we turn it off and we think we're supposed to be all connected and right. titillated and ready for sex. And, I find that it doesn't usually work that way. And when you think about it, sometimes I like to compare our current life with all of its technology and busyness and all that to what our ancestors had. And so like, I think about my grandmother's generation. I mean, once they got finished, well, first of all, they put dinner on the table at five o'clock because right. after they'd been working in the fields all day, they were starving. Right. And after they got done with dinner and the sun's gone down, well, there was no TV. Right. There was no Facebook and all that jazz. They pretty much went to bed because they had to be up at the butt crack of dawn to go out in the fields again. Right. So what did they usually turn to for entertainment at the end of the day? Yep. They would go to bed. They would go to bed with each other. Yep. And I suspect that they had a lot more sex back then than we do now. Yep. And that's it's just my suspicion. Yeah. So so a couple things along those lines that come to my mind that would help help a couple is one, get the TV out of the bedroom. Yep. It doesn't need to be there. It, it's it's not used that often. Hopefully, it's because you. And if it is, well, then let's have some conversations about that. But get it out of the bedroom. The other is to go to bed together. Yes, because, time it right. Because how <laughs> often do you have this? Well, I need. I'm going to bed, and well, I'm not. I'm not ready yet. You know. And well, okay, just ask. Because rather than hey, I'm going to bed. You know, uh, that's one thing I think that I don't remember who I heard this from. It might have been Gina. <laughs> her husband announced, I'm going to bed. And her reaction to it was, was that a statement or an in, an, an invitation? Invitation, yeah. <laughs> it's like, that's good. <laughs> I like that. Just kind of, all right, hey, I'm going to bed. You want to join me? Yeah. Well, what are you talking about there? Or, no, I'm, we're just going to bed. I mean, but you can be clear about what your expectations are mm-hmm. or what you're looking for. But it's just that you're setting the stage for more down the road. Yes. And I remember one husband told me in a couple session how disappointed he was that so often when he was ready to go to bed after the, their routine was they did watch the news. And after the news, so often when he was ready to go to bed and hopefully make love and all that jazz, she would be on her computer on Facebook. Right. And he just felt as if all her Facebook friends were so much more important to her than him. And so all that to say, don't wait until the bedtime hours right. or, or don't stay on it so long that it's bleeding into your intimate time together. Shut the technology down right. a little early so that you have time to focus on each other. Yep. And get more sleep. 
<laughs> yeah, Come what on. a concept. That's a huge concept that helps your <laughs> helps your life in general. Well, an orgasm does help you sleep better. Yep. It just does. So to to make time for a sexual connection prior to falling asleep is only going to make you feel better the next day when you had a more restful night's sleep. Yep. Yeah. And that's man, there's so much you could do with this. And if you think about it, it's so simple. Because it, it, it doesn't just start with, all right, I'm, gonna, I'm just going to have this as more of an intentional part of my life. This is gonna, I'm going to put some more focus here. And well, it, it, I, it's, it sounds simple, but it does require a lot of intentionality. No, it does. I mean, it's simple for us because we're sitting here. This is what we do. This, yeah, but, this, I, but I admit, though, that for a long time, Greg would feel the need to go to bed at 10 o'clock because he gets up earlier than I do. And I would think, well, but nighttime, I'm a, I'm a night owl right. and, and I do better work at night. And so I would stay up. But when I realized that, wait a minute, we're not sexual as often as he or I would like to be sexual, I realized that something has to change. So I began to be intentional about going ahead and getting my shower and getting ready for bed and crawling in bed with him and enjoying that time of intimacy. And then if I need to have my little reading light and just keep reading right. or, or even writing, you right. know, that I would just do what I had to do. You know, he would put in earplugs and we'd turn on the, the sleep machine that makes white noise, but I would crawl in bed when he is crawling in bed so that he would know that I'm available to you. And if right. it was a couple hours before I could fall asleep, fine. I made use of the time, but I felt like it was an important thing to do for my marriage. Yeah. And that's, and that's intentionality. I mean, and that's, that starts with the brain, doesn't it? Yes. <laughs> it starts with just a, a dedication to this is what I'm going to focus on. This is what, this is something I'm going to do better. It starts with an acknowledgement that I need this. Yeah. He needs this or she needs this. We need this. Yeah, this. Our family needs this. That this is this needs to be just as much of a priority as putting fuel in my tummy to start my day. <laughs> or as much of a priority as, you know, brushing my teeth. I mean, this is just a part of, of being human, is that we're sexual human beings. Yeah. And we crave sexual arousal. We crave sexual release. It's cyclical. It's, you know, just because you had sex with them once this week doesn't mean that you're done. Uh, but this is a recurring need yep. every two to three days, I would say. So keep feeding it. You know, yep. when you feed your child breakfast, you don't look at them in the afternoon and go, you're hungry again. What in the what, world? I just fed you. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> keep feeding your spouse and you feed yourself in the process. Right. And you get the benefit of it. You get the benefit of a vibrant relationship. Because as we have said many times, Shannon, that... You know, how we do sex is how we do life. And so if we are in intentional on that aspect of our life, it's going to spill over into the others, which just opens up the possibility for a whole lot more. Indeed. Well, this has been Sexy Marriage Radio. We're glad you joined us. If we missed something, you need something, please let us know. Feedback at SexyMarriageRadio.com. We love hearing from our listeners. So feel free to let us know what's on your mind and what's going on good and bad we want to know you can also jump on itunes give us a any kind of review or comment that helps spread the word so wherever you are and whatever you're doing i hope you have a whole lot more sex and it's a whole lot more intentional see you next time